And I'm here with Chrissy Marie. <laughs> I just laugh at your very sumptuous voice there when yeah. you say Lady Naomi. I don't know why it has to be said that way. <laughs> it's okay. I always say mine in like a really high pitch, like Chrissy Marie. Like I'm really surprised. Like, Mate, hey. Let's try it the other way around. Hi, I'm Lady Naomi. <laughs> and I'm Chrissy Marie. <laughs> Doesn't really work creepy, for us, yeah. Yeah, it is a bit creepy. Oh, it is a bit creepy. So this is episode 19. 19. Yeah. And again, thanks uh, for everyone who commented on our socials and uploaded pictures. Mm, Very kind of you. So much love. Thanks for listening. Uh, so what's the subject today? Uh, it's, it's actually, it's, it's a big one. It's a heavy one. So a big one? Yeah. A big heavy one? We are. We're going to talk about cancer today. Okay, let's talk about cancer. You go yeah. first. Yep. Um, well, I guess I've been lucky myself directly especially when you look at the stats around was it one in four people will, will have cancer um it's i've only been touched by cancer in terms of um, touching wood um in in terms of my experience with it uh the first one was my my dad's brother uh so he had prostate cancer many many years ago um made some really big changes to his health and and was able to extend his life um but then ultimately he passed a, a few years back from from that. Um, but had he not have made some of those positive changes, he wouldn't have had as much time as he did have. Uh-huh. So um, that was that was kind of yeah, um, his his journey. But the one that sort of most recently is that of my father in law. Um, so he uh, had had melanoma. Um, he'd had prostate cancer. Um, I think he had a different type of cancer as well, but he he was just business as usual, you know, through all at all of his treatment, he would drive himself to chemo, he'd fell a little bit off. Um, but yeah, he he was no nonsense. Wouldn't wouldn't hear of any kind of sympathy or any kind of um No, he was staunch, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. Ab- yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um and and when I say fuck cancer, I actually just mean that from the bottom of my mm. heart. It's mm. like really go and get fucked cancer. Yeah. Um. I also, you know, was able to be present for for part of your mum's journey as well. With, with yeah, her yeah. Cancer. My mum was uh, an expert on cancer. Yeah. Uh, but Terry Terry handled it a certain way, didn't he? Uh, absolutely. And so, do you want to talk about that night at the pub? <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess um, to sort of preface that is that we, uh, he again, he had lived a very, you know, active life and, and was going in for quite routine surgery. And then my husband got a call um, shortly after that surgery to say that, that it didn't go as, as planned and that his prostate cancer had actually escaped the prostate and, and managed to work its way all through his stomach and intestines and, and all that kind of stuff. So they, they couldn't um, fix the problem in his bowel and had to sort of sew him up and they're like, he's, he's only got a couple of weeks left. Um, and so what come off the back of that was uh, sort of like a living living wake essentially where we went up the pub for, for drinks and everyone who, who wanted to be there got to be there. Um, and the really, I guess, beautiful thing of that story was that we got an extra eight, nine months with him. Mm. Um, and, and, and I, that I was given the privilege of photographing that night Yeah, and the way he interacted with all his friends. Yeah. Uh, and he, he wasn't well that night. He wasn't. No. But he was so 
joyful to have his family around and his friends around. Yeah. And that was that was a really special night yeah. for me as a photographer and hopefully for him and his friends. And I think that was that was the big thing about that night is is him and a couple of his mates were a bit like, whoa, 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 you know, the photographer and oh, like that was so, so against it. And and my comeback to that is always these pictures are not for him. The pictures were for, for my husband and, and for his granddaughter. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, yeah. they're for the people who get left behind. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, but, but again, really, I, I've been able to bear witness to, to so many amazing people navigating their, their cancer journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that includes you. So would you like to share a bit about your experience with cancer and. Ooh, yeah. See, I don't really like to talk about it too much, but Mm -hmm. my first experience of cancer was, um, my mum was in hospital mm-hmm. because she had breast cancer yep. and could not attend the funeral of my auntie June mm-hmm. who had just died of breast cancer. Yep. And so I would have been maybe 18 mm-hmm. uh, and I went with my dad to auntie June's funeral. Yep. Uh, and, you know, such a strong memory of yeah. that. Um, and of course, it was many years later that Arnie June's husband, my uncle Harold, he also died of cancer. Mm-hmm. It's very common in my family. Okay. Um, so my mother was first diagnosed with breast cancer and she fought it diligently for 25 years. Yeah. Then she was uh, diagnosed with bowel cancer mm-hmm. uh, and again fought like a trooper, went back for clearance and her oncologist said oh look you're fine you've just got that spot on your lung from when you had tb as a kid and she was adamant she hadn't had tb as a kid Mm -hmm. and pushed pushed for six months to be tested yeah she had lung cancer oh god uh and then recovered well from that Mm -hmm. but was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer yeah and i was with her in the hospital the night she was diagnosed and I was with her in the hospital the day she died and I was with her for the majority of that journey. Yeah. Um, she was told that some poor young intern had the job of telling her that she had pancreatic cancer and, and, and she, she was, well, what does that mean? <laughs> well, how long have I got? Because he did say that it was incurable. Yeah. And he said, oh, well, about a year. And she was, well, that's not long enough. <laughs> that won't do. <laughs> and I, I said, well, let's do a 365. Yeah. So I photographed her every day of that cancer journey. And I had photographed her through parts of her other journeys. Yeah. Um, there was one time when she was having radiation where I photographed her in the same outfit, in the same room with the same lighting every night for about five weeks. She didn't look any different. It was really... <laughs> The most boring photo <laughs> record ever. Yeah. But it's was an indication that, you know, um, cancer treatment is not necessarily always, um, doesn't always end in a bad outcome. Yeah. And some of the treatment is not as bad as you can hear it to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, she, she died of pancreatic cancer. Uh, and that's that was the kicker was that there was no treatment available for her. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I uh, those photographs, she survived 313 days. And those photographs 
in the beginning she was not overly keen on and then towards the end it was, oh, well, you haven't taken my photo today. Uh, and so it really made it something for her that, that I did. And I did actually have a couple of books printed of those photos after she died to give to a couple of particular family members. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. And then there was that time. That one time. That one time when we were out to lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so going back to 2012. Yep. Chrissy Marie and I had gone out for a snappy lunch one day. At the Gunya. At the Gunya. <laughs> and Courtney's mum was there. Yep. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Leanne. <laughs> uh, and we just started our meal when Chrissy Marie said, what's that on your neck? And you said, oh, I've got <laughs> fucking tonsillitis. <laughs> Um, So the backstory is I had been unwell for a couple of years. I was a regular, had a regular doctor. I was seeing her regularly because I'm also um, a diabetic. Mm -hmm. And she kept saying to me, it's your diabetes, you're not taking care of yourself. And my readings were good. The whole time I had um, a cancer called a Herthel cell carcinoma. Um which apparently in that breed of cancer, only about 3% of the population get. Mm-hmm. So uh, Chrissy Marie nagged me. <laughs> I was like, nah, dude, yeah. get it looked at. Uh, and so I went to see, I couldn't get in to see my GP. I saw a student <laughs> and uh, he sent me off for some tests and then I went back a week later and went, well, now I've got fucking tonsillitis and the response was "Mm, that's not tonsillitis that's cancer and that's how I was told that's not tonsillitis that's cancer Mm. and he was very calm and I was incredibly calm because my mother had had really good outcomes yeah yep and my response was oh what are we going to do about that then Mm. and that's clear as a bell to me yeah so he as a student laid out what tests I would have what treatment I would have and how it would pan out. Mm -hmm. And what he said is exactly how it panned out. Oh, you're a textbook. I was the textbook (laughs) for that. Uh, So the downside is, uh, yes, it will come back. Yes, I am on daily medication. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am on um, virtually bi-monthly testing. And I feel great. Yeah. And uh, disappointingly, they initially... Uh, they operated, uh, took out a growth. Mm-hmm. The scar was crooked. <laughs> Please. And it's just truly. <laughs> and, and here's another part of the story. So I'm sitting at the hairdresser. So this is six weeks after the first surgery. I'm sitting at the hairdresser in dire need of a haircut so I could go back to work on the following Monday. It was a Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And someone rang and said, oh, doctor, so-and-so has been trying to get onto you. And I thought that was one of mum's doctors. Uh-huh. So I rang back from the hairdressers and was told, oh, sorry, we meant to contact you earlier. <gasps> it's spread. We're going to operate again on Tuesday. Right. And my response was, what the fuck? I'm going back to work Monday. <laughs> like I can't. I'll be at work. <laughs> and uh, no. the response was, no, you, you're coming in Monday for some pre-surgery tests and we're operating Tuesday. Oh. Uh, the benefit of that was they straightened the scar up. Oh, God. 
Phew. Thank goodness for their incompetence in not ringing you earlier to let you know that, oh, they maybe found something else. And funny, looking back now, this was quite funny. So I'm laying on the table out to it about to be sliced and diced for the second time when they woke me up from the anaesthetic to get me to move to a different position <laughs> uh, because my where they were, my, my neck was not in the right spot. And I've sat up and looked at them and I'd never been in an operating theatre conscious before. <laughs> That's probably a good And thing. they're huge <laughs> and they're cool and there's this big whiteboard and there's the surgeon drawing pictures on the wall and he's gone, I'll knock her out and whoosh, I was gone again. Because <laughs> I'd sat up, seen the board and I was fascinated. Yeah. Whooshka, I'm gone. You're gone again. Yeah. So after the, after the first anaesthetic, I woke up... Um, fighting like a teenage lad who'd had too many bevies and I was wanting to punch on with everyone and apparently that's a reaction to a certain kind of anesthetic um so I I had a fair bit of scarring from that (laughs) the surgery was fine you should have seen the other guy (laughs) I cut my arms and legs on the chair fight on the on the bed fighting um and screaming for ice like a junkie. <laughs> you wanted like frozen water, ice, I not want, ice. I wanted, ice. Exactly. I was not into methamphetamine. I just want, my mouth was so dry. I just wanted, yeah, give me ice, give me ice. And I was bashing at the nurses and I was hitting the side of the bed, hence the cuts on my arms and legs. Wow. Um, and so when I went in for the second operation, <laughs> you know, I had to go the first time and I've gone, oh, well, this happened. And I've gone, oh. That happens sometimes with this anaesthetic. We'll change it. So the second time I've woken up going, oh, you are so beautiful. (laughs) You're lovely. Okay, then. Could I possibly have some ice? Can I have some ice, please? Thank you. You're lovely. (laughs) I love you. Um, Yeah, different reaction to a different anaesthetic. And I was unaware that this kind of thing occurred. No. But for me... Exactly what my young student doctor said would happen, happened. Mm. Um, I later had something called radioactive ablation where I ate a radioactive isotope and sat in a lead room on my own for three days before they went over me with a Geiger counter. I'm going to say, like, that's your superhero origin story. Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Again, I was calling for ice. Um, and because it was a room with an airlock, they'd actually put the ice in the airlock, but hadn't told me they'd put the ice in the airlock. I'm going, where's the ice? Oh. Um, but yeah, I've had really good outcomes. Mm. So yes, I am still regularly tested and they have said, look, it'll come back. Yeah. Uh, but it won't come back as that cancer. It will come back as one of five different cancers. Uh, and so I'm just regularly checked. And, and I'm just it. very lucky that um, someone at lunch went, What's that on your neck? Listen to your friends. Yeah. Listen to your friends. And that brings me to the point, you've got to be an advocate for your own health. Oh, absolutely. So if your doctor's saying to you, no, no, you're not doing this drug or try this drug and it doesn't work for you, say that's not working. I was saying it, but I wasn't being listened to. Yep. But even your mum, like with a lung. Oh, they could absolutely. have quite easily just written it off and, you know, and it would have been so easy. And the health system can be very intimidating. Oh, yeah. Um, especially to, to find that voice and to have that. But as you said, you just need to advocate for your own health and, and know your body and know yourself well enough to go, oh, yeah. this, this ain't right. And she wouldn't take any shit from him. She's gone, well, I want to be tested. <laughs> um, yeah. So, 
she she had a very good life with cancer taking up a huge part of it but that comes down to an old saying and I think it might have been from the cancer council that cancer is a word not a sentence yeah yep and that there are so many new programs treatments drugs trials out there that you really do have to push yep uh, and and not if you're not happy with uh, the surgeon that your doctor refers you to, say it. Yeah, yeah. Stand up and say, this is not what I want. This is not the right thing for me. Yeah. Because it's all about you. Yeah. Yeah, you get to call the shots. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I had some interesting times when, you know, when you're unwell and someone brings you a bag of grapes? <laughs> I can't say that's ever happened. After your surgery? No. Someone didn't bring me a bag of grapes. I was at home, mm. recuperating at home, and they brought me a live model so I could photograph. <laughs> Just I, what the doctor ordered. Because <laughs> I, I was really missing my activities. I wasn't allowed to drive. I wasn't. There was so much I wasn't allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And um, a good friend brought me a live model. I like how you say a live model, like there's other as, models as, that you've ever been As opposed bought. to photographing a, a still life or flowers. <laughs> I did photograph a lot of flowers because I did get a lot of flowers. Um, but I've got to say, if you're fresh out of surgery, flowers generally aren't something that's going to help you along. No. Yes, they look nice, but someone's got to keep changing the water. And, you know, if you're struggling to move, please don't do that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he brought me a model and we set up um, a room in my house as a studio. Mm-hmm. And I... You know, she was probably there an hour and a half. And towards the end, I was exhausted. He actually held me on the ladder so I could take the shot that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, I had friends bring me food from Sydney, had driven up from Sydney with food. Yeah. It's stuff like that that you don't forget. Yeah. Um, you forget the pain mm-hmm. and you forget the constant testing. But, yeah, the the... Some people will be absent because they can't deal, but those that step up are are the best of the best people. Yeah, and I yeah. think that's it. It's sort of harks back to our, our death episode. Is that it's still that oh we don't talk about it, you know? And even a couple of times when we've you know gone to introduce this, it's like oh we're talking about cancer. Yeah, we're talking about cancer, and cancer, and it's like cancer. again the in our lifetimes. Cancer's changed from being, as you said, like a like a death sentence to now there are so many options and so many um, opportunities that uh, I think that we as humans have to get over our own feelings to be there for our friends if, if and when they need us. Um, and it may be, there, may be our family that need us. And so it's step up, be there, um, be thoughtful, be kind um, and be bloody glad that it's not you going through it. And I would have to say... Avoid Googling your symptoms. <laughs> Please don't, Dr. Google. Please don't. It's a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. But because yeah. you, you found somebody with a similar thing on, I think we covered this on one of our previous episodes. Yeah, where... because I, I blogged. Yes. Because I could find virtually no information on Australian websites mm. about the disease. Yeah. 
but I did find a blog from a woman in England who mm-hmm. was treated uh, in a very similar fashion to me. Yeah. So she wasn't held in a lead room. Um, she was sent home in isolation. Mm-hmm. But the <laughs> the blog stopped. Yeah. So I don't know whatever happened. And I did send a message, but I didn't get a response. So mm-hmm. I don't know if her outcome was as good as mine. But I think the blog post, because I, I do a bit of blogging. Um, give, it, give it a shout out. Uh, opticaldelusion.com.au, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, thousands, th- absolutely thousands of hits on the post about papillary carcinomas. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. And I think that's, you know, as, as part of your, your journey and, and coping, some people want to be able to share their story and, and share their journey so that they can empower other people or, or, you know, be able to have other people follow them along. And other people are very much, no, this is mine. I'm, I'm closing the door and, and I'm going to do this, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in quiet and in private. And, and there's no right or wrong way to do it. That's absolutely correct. It's yours correct. to pick. Absolutely yeah. correct. I photograph myself um, to record my scars mm-hmm. and I learned very early uh, with some equipment. It's very hard to photograph yourself in focus. <laughs> uh, but I, I have those images for me. Yes. Some of the best shots with the best clarity are ones I took with my phone um, in hospital mm-hmm. hours after surgery. Yep. Um, but yeah, I'm coming up for my 10 year anniversary. Uh, woohoo! Woohoo! Uh, so they did say it would be back within 10 years, and it hasn't, so it can just fuck right off. That's exactly right. And not come back at all for all I care. Yep. Uh, but yeah, I've been, been very lucky, but I have been very proactive in my own treatment. Yeah. And, and I have a good doctor that I have great comfort and faith in. Yep. And all of that yeah. dramatically helps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if you are going through this, record your journey. Even if it's only just for you. It doesn't have to be for anyone else. Well, and that's a good thing that it is for you. Yeah. So you know today that three weeks ago you really felt like shit. Yeah. But today you actually feel better. Yeah. And you look better and you can move more freely. Yeah. One of the things that I found really difficult was I, I wasn't allowed to drive. Mm. I wasn't allowed to drive for, I think, in total 16 weeks. Wow. And that killed me. Yeah. That was one of the hardest parts that there was that um, limitation on what I couldn't do, mm. could and couldn't do. Yeah. Because no. it, it's then further isolating because you oh, totally you know and, and this is heaven before covid and everything yeah, it's yeah. like you know that was you, yeah. you you were potentially well enough to go out but you just didn't have the means to be able to to be transported because you couldn't do that yourself and I, being so independent yeah, th- yeah there's that as well so and that was that was primarily because of the the sewing job which was very neat the second time thank you it was straightened up <laughs> It did dash your dreams, though, of having a barbed wire tattoo around your Well, neck. that was my plan, was um, <laughs> was to have a barbed wire entwined with roses tattoo across my neck. Uh, it's and, never too late. Well, no, it's, you can't really see the scar now. <laughs> Just get well, the tattoo anyway. I, well, I'm thinking about getting the tattoo on my arm instead. Oh. Uh, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm contemplating a tattoo at the moment. Uh, yeah, interesting times. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I've got to say, I'm probably a stronger person for it. Yeah, 
that's that's saying something because you you are already one of the strongest in most independent awesome humans that i know so that that's really oh interesting how much do i pay you for that <laughs> not enough, not enough <laughs> obviously <laughs> so if, if somebody out there today they've, they've had that conversation with their doctor what's your message to them well some wise man once said don't worry worry is praying for what you don't want mm -hmm. So don't worry. And I, it's really easy to say, but I've found that for me, a really good thing. I can't control the outcome. Yeah. I can control the process. Yep. And so that's what I did. Yep. And you can control the energy and the vibe that you're carrying in your body. If you're like, it's, it's that study about positive thinking and, and saying nice things too tomato plants or whatever plants they were um you know it's like if if you are in that space where you're you're telling yourself that it's not going to be okay and you're not going to make it then that is going to have an impact on your recovery and so it, it really is that not trying to you know be deluded but it's try to try to be positive and go you know what medicine is on your side and hopefully you've got the support of your family and friends and your loved ones to be able to help carry you through that journey um but yeah so for me, the hardest part was telling my mother because she blamed herself. Oh. Um, so it was she was between cancer treatments when I was diagnosed and she blamed herself. And it had nothing to do with her. No, no. But she struggled with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've got to say, I have signed up for some things since. Uh-huh. So there's been some trials I've been involved in. Amazing. And there's been some genetic testing I've been involved in. Amazing. And I've got to tell you, I went for some genetic testing and the, the doctor had quite, well, he was a professor, had quite a sense of humour. So he was from St Vincent's Hospital. Mm -hmm. And he, I was called in to have this particular test to see if I had something called a mutant P10 gene. Uh -huh. And uh, he sat me down and said, you know, this is going to be the day we find out if you have this in your future. And he was talking like that, if we wow. have this in your future. He said, we're going to do the test today. We're going to do it now. And I wasn't quite shitting myself, <laughs> but it was like, oh, fuck, I didn't kind of realise we were going to be doing. And I'm thinking, is it blood test? Is what, hey? And I'm going, well, what do we do? And he's opened the drawer. Oh, no. Pulled out a tape measure and measured my head. Because <laughs> apparently, uh, if my head had been over a particular size, I would have been referred for more testing. Oh, no. But apparently, I've got a tiny head. <laughs> and therefore, <laughs> I don't have a mutant P10 gene in my body. Oh, my God. And, it w and, I'm, and then he laughed. <laughs> and apparently, this is his spiel with everyone. <laughs> Uh, he high fives himself he, on the way he out. Does. He just he thinks he's really funny, and I've got to say, humour is one of the best things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, I did. I I had a really good laugh about that in mm -hmm. the end, um, and it was also good to know my head size for um, buying hats, hats because I do find <laughs> I do find it very difficult to find a hat that fits uh, because I've got a pimple head. Um, you've got a big head, haven't you? I've got you? a huge head. You've got yeah, a huge head. I find I've, I've worn a hat or two of yours <laughs> and it's, you know, falling down around my nose. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. But so humour's a good thing. It is. It is. And I think in addition to, to obviously being your own health advocate, there are a lot of ways that you can help advance 
um, the cause in terms of, of cancer research. Um, one of the, the charities and organisations very near and dear to your heart is the Garvin, Garvin Institute. Institute. Yeah, support the Garvin Institute. Uh, and I've got to say, and this is a call out to um, Renee and Andrew from McKinnon Real Estate. Yeah. They did not know my mother, but every year in September, which is her month, of the month of her birth, they donate a huge amount of money to the Garvin Institute in her name. So if you're thinking of selling, mate, do not go past Andrew and Renee. We'll put a link in our socials for them. Yep. Um, absolutely wonderful, salt of the earth people. Um, can't can't say enough about them because research is the key. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said to them, look, you have given so much. You, you do not need to give any more. And Renee has said, we'll continue to give until there's a result, until there's a solution. Um, and that's uh, until there's a cure. Yeah. That's just amazing. One of the other things that I find really interesting is Vodafone supports something called Dream Lab where you can hook your phone up after hours and your phone becomes part of a network making multiple phones into a supercomputer to run statistical information for cancer research overnight. Um, so, yeah, look up Dream Lab if you've not heard of it. And uh, by all means, look up Andrew and Renee at McKinnon Real Estate mm -hmm. in Newcastle because they are the bee's knees. Absolutely. And there's other fun ways, active ways that you can support a whole range of different cancer charities and, and organisations. I've yeah, participated absolutely. in Burpees for Boobs and then uh, I think it's 55 Squats or something. They, they're both... Um, Breast Cancer Foundation initiatives. There's also Prostate Cancer does some really great fundraising uh, and, and work there, as does the Cancer Council. Uh, there, there's a lot. So uh, I think that, oh, and the other one I do want to give a shout out to is Canteen because Courtney's brother um, has a long association with uh, Canteen. And Courtney Heath? Courtney, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, no, he's been doing that for, well, decades um, as oh, far really? as going to the um, the Canteen camps and and helping out the kids and and he's an amazing man whoa they're an amazing family they really are no they really are they're lovely so, people. uh yeah yeah hi courtney hi courtney we love you <laughs> but yeah we'd really love to hear your story if you want to share it um if you have been documenting and it's somewhere public that you would like to to link us to then that would be amazing uh if there's a certain charity that you support or an organization that you're part of or that you represent or that you'd love to see more um acknowledgement be going to please share that that kind of information because uh, we're, we're all for it um and and really anything that can be done to learn as much about any type of cancer and every type of cancer as possible so that we can well and truly just fuck cancer. Oh, I don't know that we're ever going to cure it all, but I think we're having better outcomes every year. Yep. People are living a good life for longer after mm -hmm. a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. But yeah, fundraising is a key. So if you've got something on the burst, hit us up. We'll push your cause. Yeah. We'll do what we can to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you want to talk privately about a diagnosis or a journey, we aren't doctors. No. <laughs> but we're two sets of ears that are happy to listen to the journey that you're going through. 
Exactly. It can be private, it can be public. Just hit us up on our socials. Yeah. So for me, I've had a great outcome. Um, but I've got to say there is so much out there. And and be your own advocate. I think that's the big takeaway is, yeah. yeah. Take care of yourself. Take care yeah. of yourself, absolutely. Yeah. So well, that's all a bit sad and horrid. You know what? It's, it's very necessary. It is. It is. Yep. And hopefully you'll find some solace. So let's move on. Mm. What's next week? Next week, again, we're... not we're, talking about kittens, are we? We're not talking... I don't think we'll ever, maybe not ever talk about kittens, but that's okay. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> we, we're actually talking about our celebrity crushes or, or our celebrity hall passes. Oh, um, see, I struggle with that. Yeah. Well, you, you got some time. Do some homework. Uh, Do some Googling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I'll be very interested in hearing yours. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking Cassandra's going to be on the top of the list. <laughs> It'll be an interesting topic and we'll unpack it more next time. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see you next week. And, yeah, hit us up on our socials, which are, hang on, she has to tell you because I can never remember. Delus- something, 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 <laughs> podcast, something. <laughs> something, something. Delusions of Grandeur podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And we're on Spotify and Apple podcast and on Anchor. But don't look at us. But don't look for us on OnlyFans because we're not there. Not yet, but if the petrol prices keep going the way they're going, <laughs> we might have we'll, we'll start pimping ourselves out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's goodbye from Lady Naomi. And Chrissy Marie. Bye. Bye.